I hate saying it, but like a problem child, you know, they just, they had like shit going on. They were having a rough go of it, but you remember like, I remember how you were in grade seven and now you're in the 11th grade or something and you're totally different. You're bubbly. You've, you kind of figured your stuff out, still going through stuff, but to see that change is like some, one of the most rewarding things I think I've ever, I've, I'm so grateful to be able to see that. That's so awesome. Did So when you, I want to go back a little bit because you said, they used to put on these preteen dances, or do they mm-hmm. still do the dances? We're trying to get them back, actually, okay. <laughs> just because of COVID. COVID, okay. Yeah, so that's in the plan. We had a, a planning meeting about it actually last week, but everyone was off. Nice. Sick, so. Well, I hope, yeah. I hope it does come back. I'm sure the yeah. kids will love that. And uh, you're going to be have, really doing some spacing control, right? How, <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey. <laughs> Yeah, a little too close on uh, that electric know. slide right there, right? <laughs> Welcome to the Taking Out the Mass podcast. My name is Ashanti Branch, and I'm really glad you've joined us. Today's guest is Nicholas M. Uh, Nicholas is from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. You know, in the Taking Off the Mask podcast, we talk to men of all ages all over the world about emotional masks. The front of the mask are the things that we gladly let the world see about us. And the back of the mask are the things that we don't talk much about. In this conversation with Nick, uh, Nicholas, uh, we get a chance to talk about what's going on in our lives. Nicholas is a youth worker. He works with youth, sometimes one-on-one, sometimes in group settings, sometimes in schools. But his work is deeply connected to the work that we're doing in Ever Forward. Him as a young man, when you if you're watching the video, you'll see he's a young man, but he sometimes wonders, am I too young to be really helping them? And I'm really thankful that he spoke to some of the challenges he has as a young man in this world. Challenges with his father. His father is from South Africa, but he says uh, he's been trying to build a deeper connection with his dad. He says his dad's never been much of a hugger. <laughs> and he tries to like engage him in that. And that's so beautiful that him knowing what he wants to get from the relationship even though for the father it may not be as easy you know we just uh recently um i'll say passed we just just, father's day was just a couple of days ago and you know i don't know how your connection out there is to father's day um but sometimes father's day hits me in good ways and sometimes it's really rough and i think this was probably an interesting year I, i think i I started sending text messages to my friends more in the evening on that Father's Day, not because I didn't want to wish them a happy Father's Day, but just anytime I bring it up, for me, it brings up energy that is tough to sometimes navigate. And so I was really glad that Nicholas in this conversation mentioned his father and him trying to kindle and build deep in that relationship. I'm excited for the work that not only Nicholas is doing with youth in Canada, but the work that we meet people all over the country, all over the world, who are trying to make sure that the younger generations can do it better than they were able to, has more room to feel, more permission to be more human, to be able to let themselves feel. And I'm really excited that in this conversation, as as Nicholas um, continues to do the work with young people in his community, um, that we get to continue hearing the voices of men all over the world who are going through similar things. 
I think sometimes we would get fooled by what we see on the outside because we would think, well, that person can't have that going on. That person is not dealing with that. You know, I got a quote from a, a young person in one of our workshops recently in one of the reflections. And the student says, um, I want to read it to you exactly how the student said it. So uh, give me a second. I didn't plan to read this, but here's what it says. Um, the reflection says, emotionally intense. I have this intense pain in my throat because I want to cry. No one here will ever understand what I'm going through. You ever had that pain in your throat where you want to cry, but you've been told that crying is not okay. So you stuff it and you stuff it and you stuff it and you're walking around like a landmine. We see it so much in our communities. And we need more men, more women, more people in this community, in this world who are willing to listen to others as they navigate the challenges in their life. And I'm, and I'm hoping that you will decide to do that. You know, this season we're building the Million Mask Movement. We've been doing the Million Mask Movement for the last several years. But starting now, we are building a movement. And I'm going to invite you to be a part of it. You can make your mask at millionmask.org. There's a place there where you can share your email with us if you are interested, and we want you to share it with us so that we can add you to a, a community that we're about to build of people who are helping other people be more of their full selves. Um, we don't know what it's going to look like fully yet. I'm literally just um, last week had the opportunity to meet um, the U.S. Surgeon General Vivek Murthy and... Um, be a part of the Youth Mental Wellness Summit. And if you know about what we're doing at Ever Forward, you know that this work is super powerful. It's important. And there's other people out there doing the work, but we are now finding ourselves in the rooms with the people who are on the bigger scale doing this work, and this is our time. And so we invite you to be a part of this movement with us. We invite you to share this podcast with somebody. Go to um, wherever you listen to podcasts, rate us, like give us a rating, make a comment, like let us know how we're doing. But we need you to get involved. We're getting really close to the 100th episode. And we know that the only way this is going to grow is going to be with you who find value here and who share it with someone else. So we hope today you find value in this conversation with Nick, uh, Nicholas, and uh, we look forward to seeing you soon on the next episode. Take care, folks. Thank you for being a part of the Taking Off the Mask podcast. We'll see you soon. Hey, welcome, Nick M. Good to see you. Oh, uh, you too. It's great. Thanks for, thanks for having me on. I'm really excited to be in this conversation with you today. We've been uh, planning, we've been working into details together to get together. So, Nick, will you tell folks who you are about yourself? Tell them what, what, what do you want them to know about you before we jump into this conversation? Sure. Uh, yeah. Again, Nick, uh, I go by pronouns he, him. And I'm on the, like, first off, the traditional and ceded territories of the Skohomish and Hunkaminan people here in Vancouver, BC. So privileged to be on this land. Um, what I do, I'm, a, uh, I'm an outreach worker, a youth outreach worker on, in Vancouver. Just do like one-to-one -one support for youth, do different groups, school groups, basically just give youth like a a spot to chat, vent, if they just need one-to-one -one supports, kind of my go-to. And then my off time, I just, uh, I've had COVID for the past week, so I've been chilling, <laughs> been chilling in my room for a bit, isolating myself, playing some guitar, and that's kind of been the go-to for the past little bit. Oh, man. Well, Nick, thank you for sharing about your COVID journey. I'm I'm, I'm sorry to hear that, but oh. I'm, I'm glad you're making, you for making time. Yeah, yeah. It's for this here. show. I think I'm going to, 
have to tell people about the story of me and I, that I just shared with you about having COVID on a podcast because yep. <laughs> it's a wild, it's a wild thing. So I thank you for, if you ever need a break, just let me know. I know how, uh, the mind, the body connection is so powerful, you know. Mm-hmm. So if you need something, let me know. Oh yeah, it's, it's great. I feel I'm feeling much better. I'm stoked to be on here. So I've been following the podcast for a bit, so it's nice and communicating, trying to get on it, finding like a free day to to hop on. It's oh, been tough. So well, sorry, so sorry, the sickness had to be the free day that came. <laughs> no, no, totally <laughs> that, cool. All right, well, I'm glad you're here, man. Well, you know, um, the podcast allows the guests to kind of lead the show, so. You decide who goes first with the mask, and um, and you can decide the format. So if you go first, you just say uh, you do the front, or I'll do the front, whatever you decide, and and we'll jump in from there. Sure, I can uh, go with mine. Okay, uh, so you, are you going to do the front first, and then I'll do the front, or you want to do front and back, and then I'll sure, do... I'll do front and you do front. Okay, all right, sure. fantastic. I'm gonna fold it, make sure I do okay. it properly, and I'll fold mine too. So. I'm I always draw like this goofy generic <laughs> smiling face for everything if no one knows. But in curly hair. I got I'm trying to read backwards. Friendly, kind, and quiet. I kinda of, I forgot how to spell for a sec, but it says quiet there. Um that's kind of those are the qualities that let people see pretty much all the time. I feel like yeah, if people ask who I am, that's <laughs> generally those ones. So mm, uh, nice. All right. So I'm next. I'm going first. Okay, here is the mask that I came up with today. Oh, nice. And, uh, and here are the words. Uh, passionate, serious, hardworking. And I think that the reason, these words are sticking out today. I'll tell you the one that's probably sticking out the most is like serious. Like I've been um, under it. I've been under the, under the pressure, under the, the, the grind of nonprofit life, but also just feeling super um like heavy like heaviness mm-hmm. you know just with team transitions got a big event coming up this weekend and just all the stuff i mean it's it's i don't think it's any different maybe than other years well no it mm. is i would say it is um it's different in that i think the expectations are bigger right like we've been getting some partnerships with some big organizations and i think those that's when you're supposed to be like smooth sailing right yeah and it almost yeah. feels like a couple of steps backwards sometimes, you know, but I, but I think I'm the serious part is like what I have to be like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find a balance. Normally I put funny on the front and hmm. I normally put caring. <laughs> Neither one of them. <laughs> there's like, there's, there's, there's no kindness here at all. So yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, that's interesting. I didn't even catch that to right now. I'm like passionate, serious, hardworking. Mm-hmm. That doesn't look like very fun. It doesn't look like a very fun. <laughs> no, that's, no. That's yeah. So, okay. All right. Well, that's what's real right now that I'm, yeah. I'm letting people see, you know? That, that's pretty cool, too, with the, like, hardworking serious. It's always good to remind yourself to, like, take breaks and do, like, you time. But sometimes when you do have these, like, deadlines rushing up, you're like, I, I can't. Like, I just can't take a break, especially working a nonprofit, too. You're like, oh, we, got, we have to get this done. Like, we just have to do it. And then you, like, burn yourself out doing it. And you're always told, yeah, like, take a break. You can do this. I'm lucky on my team. I think I'd be allowed to do that a lot of the time. But, like, you definitely feel it. It's, it's like preaching self-care sometimes. But do you ever find the time for yourself? It's, yeah. it's brutal. Do you, do you take breaks? I try. I do try yeah. to. But I do get in that, like, a mindset of having to, like, do everything. And, yeah. again, not asking for help doing it, too. Because it feels like a burden if you do. 
but yeah. I've been getting better with it. But I, I totally feel you on the just these deadlines. They happen. They're coming, and like it's tough. Yeah. I mean, maybe we'll, we'll, you know, like I said, this is more of a conversation. So I'm, I'm like, I'm going to start peppering you with questions, but mm-hmm. maybe we'll we'll go to the back and then yeah. maybe the it will round itself. I have some thoughts are coming to me because I'm I really as a um, you appear younger than I am, so I'm going to just assume <laughs> you're younger than me, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, but I. It's the wisdom. But I wonder, like, uh, like. When you talk about self care, that's I mean, it's not a word I often hear young people say, young adults say, right? Mm-hmm. Like so I mean, I hear a lot of people say it, but I think I'll be curious as to how you not only navigate it for yourself, but how you in as you're doing your one on ones talk to young people about their self care. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think we need it. It's important. And I think yeah, it, yeah. I mean it shouldn't be a surprise that young people are talking about it. The question is, you know, how do you translate that to a younger person to say hey, you guys spend some time you know self-caring you know so maybe as we have to we come to the back and then we can come back to this topic mm-hmm. totally i love that one okay Let's all see. right all right well you 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 said you were gonna go first so i'll let you go first on the back sure. yeah okay on, on, on the back of mine i have a you can see that insecure uh what does that say <laughs> self-doubt and lonely and like initially, this was the first one I made, the, and then I put lonely on here, and then I was like, "Oh shit, oh, can I can I curse on here?" Yeah, like, you're oh, good, you're okay. good. So I, yeah. I put that on, and I was like, ah, "No, I'm not." And then I changed it. And I think I made a new one to say just like sad. I was like, "Ah, whatever. I'll go back, put lonely on, like being open with it." Mm. And yeah, I, I feel like, like I do look um, really young. I'm actually 25, and I've just always had like a baby face. And that's always, it's like being a struggle sometimes working. It's like a blessing and a curse working with kids. Cause on one hand, it's like, I can look like their age and be more relatable in that sense. But then, yeah, I'm just like, wait, you're 25. There's no way, there's no way you're 25. I'm just like, oh, can I be even trusted to be giving advice when I look the same age as them, you know? And not to say like young people don't have the intelligence, right? It's, but they do get lumped into that being like, oh, you're young. You don't know anything. And it sucks. It sucks for them. Yeah. Oh man, well I, I resonate. I resonate with that, and I'm gonna. I, I'm actually gonna come back to two things. I think you what you just said right now about switching the words is a really powerful thing, right? It's a mm-hmm. it's a really powerful take on in this in this conversation about taking off the mask, right? That even the mask has a mask, right? <laughs> right? And yeah. I take off the one layer of a mask, and I let somebody know something, but there's the other layer that's still there, right? And how mm-hmm. and how how oftentimes those 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 things are real and i'm and i'm and i and i, I remember i told you i left one blank so i took i took one of your words because it, it mm. it's true for me so um here's the back uh yeah. overwhelmed <laughs> anger and i wrote self-doubt yeah get the underline um, there <laughs> and i think the one that's sticking out to me um probably maybe i'll speak to this one that we i'll talk about, I'll speak about the anger and i'll speak to self-doubt i think the anger one um I'm gonna start to self. We start with self doubt. I'm gonna start with self doubt because I think mm. that's the one that we. I don't know which one should go first. Uh, let me go with anger first. Okay, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm filling in the wishy washy mode right now. <laughs> um, so today I had a workshop at a school. Um, I have 45 minutes. Um, in my mind, you know, normally our workshops are you know around an hour or whatever, but we make you work with the school schedule because schools are busy and we know. And also, there's a 
a, some of a dance there, right? We want we want them to get um, as much time as possible, mm-hmm. but we also know that we are in the, navigating a school system that sometimes is like always trying to navigate so many things. So uh, I'm getting ready. I'm getting myself, you know, students are piling in, and all of a sudden, I somebody comes to me and says, "Oh, by the way, they're going to take away some of your time. You only have 30 minutes, right?" I'm like, okay. Yeah, you mean like really thirty? Like like taking a third of the time away? Like, am I am I understanding that right? Like, (laughs) I got a table full of props, right? Like, I'm like, how am I gonna like you know how am I gonna transition and and in the moment you know like I have a responsibility because I'm a professional, right? And Mm -hmm. I have a responsibility to be whatever it takes. You're the client. I'll do whatever you want me to do, which is absolutely true. Mm -hmm. But I'm also human, and I I want to do a good job. Yeah. And I'm also talking to kids about feelings and emotions. And to, to rush feelings and emotions seems like what we do as a society that causes more problems for young people. Yeah. <laughs> because we don't make time for them to process feelings and emotion before we're rushing them off to the next class. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're going to have this thing right in the middle of the day between this class and this class. And I think sometimes that is some of the challenge. And so in the moment, I'm like, Okay, whatever it takes. But what I felt in my system was like <laughs> a little bit of anger r- rushing up, right? And yeah. because I got good masks and I'm talking about masks and I'm wearing a mask, I can pretend like I'm okay with it, even mm. though deep down, good thing this mask is on. So I can not let you see that I'm actually mouthing words like, what the heck yeah. is this, right? And so I think that I walked over to the corner <laughs> and I made a video, a little selfie video, and I was like, they just took a third, you know, a third of my time away. And I was like, I, I said, I don't have no choice but to get this done, but this is a little frustrating, right? And I normally don't name it. I normally don't name it. And it wasn't until I like I made that little 10-second video for myself. And I walked over, the students were watching me because they it was like pretty much on in the gym. So I'm on the middle of the floor, but they're all in the stadium. So I went to the side mm-hmm. and made like I was making a selfie video and I did. And it was like this moment of like knowing what I needed in the moment was to let go of some of that anger. Oh, because yeah. I didn't let go of it. When I get that mic, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna be in the edginess of my words, right? <laughs> yeah, it's gonna. It's hard to not like call out people when you do that. Being like, yeah, I had this exercise, but like someone <laughs> cut it off. It's really hard not to do. Someone over here, you know, like someone over there. But it was, but it was, but it was a moment where I was like, uh, they were gonna read the bio. I said, hey, let's get, cut the bio. I don't, you don't even read my bio. I don't have time for that. Mm-hmm. I need to jump in, right? And it was that kind of moment where I was like, okay, this is how we're going to do it. And it was good for me. It was good for me. And I think this, I'll hold off on the self-doubt, but I think when I think about anger, I normally would leave it stuffed. I normally, I normally don't let people see it. I normally don't talk mm-hmm. about it. I normally hold it back. And, uh, and it's good for me to hold it back. And I have to like always make sure I go back to it. Right. When I feel this, when I feel the anger, May I don't have time to deal with it in the moment, but I need to like let myself know, hey, I got you. I know you feel that. I feel that. Mm-hmm. We're, we don't have time to deal with it right now, but we're going to come back to it, right? And so I yeah. got to talk about it on my way home. I got to talk about it right here with you. I get to process what I felt about it. And more, the anger, you know what's behind, behind the anger? Self-doubt. Because sometimes yeah. <laughs> like I'm there to do a good job. Beneath the mm-hmm. anger is self-doubt. It's like, I think I'm a hard worker. I know, I know, I, my, I know my craft. But mm-hmm. I need to have time to build in. So I'm more, I'm, I'm more than anger. I'm more like 
they're taking away my opportunity to build the deeper connection that I feel like I'm the best at, right? I feel like I'm good at. I'm not even at the yeah. yeah. See, even there right there. You that self doubt right there, right? So anyway, those <laughs> yeah, are the yeah. <laughs> those are the words that stood out to me today. And I and I made this mask, you know, right when we got on the call. So it, it's kind of like these are the fresh ones that are are, are really present right now. Yeah, yeah, the anger one is is interesting too. I, I was chatting with a, a youth a couple of weeks back, and they they were just I was like, they something happened. There was an incident. I was like, how are you feeling? And it's like I'm angry. It's like gonna feel bad about it. But I was trying to think like, yeah, it doesn't always feel great to be angry. But are there situations where anger is a bad thing? And I think in this situation, like if anger is it's coming from a place of care, right? Like I'm angry because I want to do this and I'm mad. And I think anger can be used in some ways. Like if it mobilizes you to action, like if you're really passionate about something, like I think it's okay sometimes, but it's it's a it's a tricky one, right? Because yeah, if you let that anger just spill out into just rage and then you start taking it out on other people, that's where it's such a, it, it'll balance there. It's tough. Yeah. I mean, I think when you think about that, like, so for you, with, with how you describe the front of your mask, can you say the words you said on the front? I had a friendly, kind, and quiet. Yeah. Because the front of your mask, you were quiet, friendly, and, and kind, mm-hmm. right? Where where does anger show up? In, like, you mentioned it, but where, where does it, mm-hmm. how do you process anger? How do you deal with it? Oh, yeah. Um generally i it's it's a tricky one like i try to not just like push it down and like vent it out but a lot of the music i listen to is pretty i listen to a lot of metal and that always surprises people to like some crushing death metal and stuff and i always find like i just listen to this there's enough anger and rage in here you know for me to vent it out or or if i don't have that at the time it's just like i try and breathe a little bit and think like okay is this anger going to be helpful in the moment is it going to get me anywhere or is it just going to make me more pissed off and then like as long as i don't get to the point of taking it out on someone mm-hmm. generally but it's, it's i really get like super super angry about stuff but sometimes we're like ah, i'll just like kind of black out kind of sometimes just like zone out and be like I, I i can't do this right now and go for a walk or something but that can be tricky too or like some situations you just can't go for a walk like like you're saying if you're presenting in front of someone you can't just leave and then you're just like what do i do i think sometimes just being especially with youth being open be like i'm sorry dude i i'm just like pissed right now like can, can we just like chill for like it's never happened with a youth i don't think but in my own personal life it's just like can we just like chill five ten minutes and just like mm. just not talk about this right now it doesn't mean it's like pushing it away but not completely avoiding it be like we will come back to this but right now I'm not going to be dealing with it in like a, a happy way. I'm going to be like cursing you out. I'm going to be get, like just getting mad. Right. And it doesn't, doesn't help anything for me generally, but I normally try and just be open about it and say like, let's come back to it five minutes <laughs> and do yeah. it there. And I think that it can be helpful too to show like youth, especially when you work in mental health, there's this weird idea that, Oh, you do this. You must have it all figured out. And it's like, a- absolutely not. Like mm-hmm. that is not the case at all. So just be like, yeah, I'm mad right now. That's cool. You're allowed to be angry sometimes, but just knowing when to, when it's going to be healthy anger or is it, is it doing anything for you? Anything good? Yeah. I, I mean, that's, I mean, thank you for sharing that. I think I want, I want to, man, I mean, what's coming up for me in the, in the context is this is like, um, to name it, to name it, mm-hmm. and to 
if it's a space where you can ask for a moment to chill, like when you do the one-on-one work with young people, mm-hmm. um, do you do ever groups? Um, not really. Oh, so like mostly it, one-on-one. My main role is like one-to-one support. Okay. And it, it's very really got like I've never gotten angry in a one-to-one really or frustrated or maybe frustrated, but not mad directly yeah. at a youth or really, really that yeah. upset. But I have seen youth get angry in a context of what maybe they're like, hit my car or something or the interior of it or just like throwing something and just it's important i find to yeah don't react in a like oh negative way right bitch it was like this is an emotion you're allowed to feel that i'm not gonna i'm not gonna judge you for feeling that way that's where you're at yeah and it's sometimes you gotta be like okay maybe take like a if they start like in general any youth work or working with kids when it starts to endanger themselves or others you have to step in in some way but a lot of the time just being, it's like, I see you, I see it. <laughs> like yeah. I can see why you're mad. And just a lot of the empathizing with that is a, is a big one. But then also knowing when maybe it does get too much and like, okay, we're going to take a break from this. Luckily it's never gotten to that point with the youth. I don't think. Yeah. But, yeah. No, I like, I mean, I like that. I think, I, you know, I, I was doing some work in the juvenile detention center um, last week and um, you know, the young men came in and they first walked in and then they were like, oh, this ain't the hip-hop blah, blah, blah class? And I'm like, no, not today. Mm-hmm. And you could just see them, like, they just detoured to another room. <laughs> and I'm like, what just happened? Like, they're, like, this, what's going on? Like, you know, like, my mind, like, this is where we're doing today, right? And, um, you know, it, it's kind of like it was a space where uh, they were frustrated because they had some mm-hmm. misunderstanding about who was going to be there today, right? And Or that day. And I realized in the moment where I was like, feeling it like i was like well i mean i i know i'm supposed to be here and then i don't know where the other class is not here why they're confused and so they went to the next room over and i was like should i go get them should i go <laughs> like should we go retrieve them like is i'm clear this is what we're doing today and in the moment right when they came when they finally came in they were in a in a in a, in a, in a mood mm-hmm. right in a mood and i got it right i was like okay they had misunderstanding mis expectations okay and it was, the question was how long was it going to take them to get over what they were frustrated about, right? Hmm. Like, I was wondering how long are they going to take it? And it started being like, they were just kind of like, whatever. Like, I'm like, almost like dismissive, right? And I, and yeah. I think, and I, I had to be, and I, in, my, in that moment, I would have to ask myself, like, okay, I know what I'm feeling. I'm feeling like my emotions are getting connected, right? I'm feeling totally awake and alive and, and, and present. Hmm. I'm feeling... Uh, I guess if I was really just like, we're taking off the mask here, like I was feeling like, like, not that they needed to appreciate me, but just a lack of, I felt like a lack of respect, right? Yeah. Like I felt like, I, I felt, and I was kind of like confused and I was like, well, I didn't tell you that I wasn't going to be here or tell you, like, I'm not sure you're not upset with me, but you're taking it out in this space, right? And as mm-hmm. a teacher for many years, I knew that my job was to, Okay, I need to get myself under control first in order to be able to help them. And so when uh, I passed out the papers and they were just like, um, we're going to just watch this clip for the documentary, right? So we watched a clip, right? Yeah. And then when I came back, I gave them, the, you know, watch this piece first. I could just tell the energy was all off. And I was like, oh, man, I got to figure out how to get this back. And I was, at one point, I just said, here's what I got to do. I got to name it. And mm-hmm. I said, hey, let me, um, let me just ask a question. Why? what's going on here? Like, what's going on? Why are we, why I feel like there's like such a lack of, you know, lack of respect in the space. Like I've, I've not disrespected you all. 
right? And then one of the adults was like, well, there was a misunderstanding about where they were supposed to be. And I said, yeah, I get it. But mm-hmm. I mean, and I said, I guess the question is, how long do you let yourself stay frustrated about something that's not going to change? Yeah, The person who you thought was going to be here today is not here. It's not like they're next door and you can't go. It's mm-hmm. like, that's not the session that is planned for today, you know? Yep. And I said, the question is, how do you navigate disappointment? How do you mm. discipline your disappointment? How do you, and in the moment of like that, I, I was just, I was just asking that question to them because like, I could just say, hey, can we just hold up? Why are you, why are you, why are you treating me like this? And I don't think they're used to having people asking them that, right? Because they just treat people maybe in some way and people are just take it or whatever, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I said, I tried to say it in a way where I was like, why are you, why are you kind of disrespecting me? Like, I'm, I'm not disrespecting you all, right? Yeah. I think until I said it in kind of that way where I was really clear about how how it was how I was taking it in not not maybe what they were intending but just how I was feeling it because I needed to name my feeling right and then they started kind of paying attention a little bit more. Oh yeah, yeah. I think it was different for them in that moment, right? That's that's cool. Just yeah, <laughs> those are tricky situations to be in too, especially like when you're saying there's that pressure to like you have a job to do and you want to get it done and then it's like. Yeah but my audience or what I need to do is, and they're not, not, they're not having it. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just, yeah. Just being open with them. Be like, like even saying like, listen, like I, I can't talk. <laughs> like I can't talk right now. If you're not, I don't want, I don't want to talk to you if you're not going to be interested because it's not going to like, I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And it's, it's not like, if you want to be here and listen to it, that's cool. But if, if you're not going to be engaged, like I don't want to waste your time, like my time. So yeah, I'm going to go like finish my day doing whatever, but I don't want to waste your whatever you had going on yeah yeah and and, it, and i think one of the one of the adults mentioned at the end like because they're in that they they, they have little power right mm-hmm. i mean i mean if you're if you're incarcerated you don't get to decide even when you go to the bathroom you gotta you know there's like there's there's rules right so if you have an opportunity to have a little bit of power then you may want to you may exert it right and i yeah, think totally in that moment of like them exercising that power of like, well, I don't want to do this, right? And and I had to like, I uh, had to figure out how do I engage, get them back engaged, connected, you know? And I guess mm-hmm. one question I ask you as you think about the work you're doing with the youth in one-on-one, like when they come to you, are they coming voluntarily or are they coming because they were requ- required to come? And, and I guess I would ask, um, because you're doing a lot of like uh, – supporting young people mm-hmm. is it is it considered therapy or is it just mentoring or how how does that work for you and what um, you do in terms of like how i see youth sometimes it's voluntary okay. um like they we go into the schools and we have um instagram pages or phone numbers that are available and we say like we are here for support and sometimes they do i'd say like 50 percent of the clients i see are like voluntary and they want to come and sometimes it's referrals through schools or referrals through parents online and those are actually like the trickier ones too, because if it's a parent's been like, my son is misbehaving, could you could you like fix him? I'm just like, <laughs> I mean, if he he might not even know if he maybe he isn't even misbehaving, but you're seeing something in him that it's frustrating for you as a parent. Maybe he has no idea, and like he being forced to go see a random person to chat about it, like that sucks. But um... I, I'd say it's fifty fifty. Those ones are tougher. And in terms of the work, like it's it's less like therapy it's more like mentorship because i don't have any like formal um counseling training just different workshops and trainings and whatnot over the years so it's definitely more casual we can go 
like I can go pick a kid up from school and go get a coffee or a snack or something and just just chat with them for a bit. It's it's far more casual than like hitting up a therapist's office or a counselor's office. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How did you how did you get into that work? How did you become in yeah, yeah, that, that's actually the main yeah. How did you get into this work? Um I there's this like the exact same organization when I was in high school, they did these like preteen dances, which are fun. And there'd be like 500 preteens and they're looking for volunteers and whatnot. And I did that back in like 2014 or so just out of high school. And I was like, Oh, I really, I like working with kids. They're fun, but nothing much came of it. And then my uh, boss at the time, this is very, it was very casual work. Like I was working a couple weekends or something. It's like, Oh, you should check out the youth center. Like, they just volunteer at drop-ins and drop-in programs that just where kids can come hang out, play games, get snacks, get connected. And I started doing that and I just got, I guess, good at it. Like just was able to chat with kids well. And then eventually I was offered like a, an outreach role and I took it on there. So it was just like volunteering and I started working casually and then it kind of snowballed into this and I'm pretty grateful. And it's really sick too, because it's been so much, so many years now that I can, I feel like you probably have this too, being in schools and being a teacher for so long, you get to see these kids grow up. So seeing mm-hmm. a preteen now graduating is is one of the coolest things. It, it's amazing. It's such a trip to see and see when you see like that. Oh, like maybe a, a you. I hate saying it, but like a problem child. You know, they just they had like shit going on. They were having a rough go of it. But you remember, like I remember how you were in grade seven, and now you're in the eleventh grade or something, and you're totally different. You're bubbly. You've you kind of figured your stuff out. Still going through stuff, but to see that change is like some one of the most rewarding things i think i've ever I've, i'm so grateful to be able to see that that's so awesome did so when you i want to go back a little bit because you said they used to put on these preteen dances or do they mm-hmm. still do the dances we're trying to get them back actually okay. <laughs> just because of covid, COVID okay yeah so that's in the plan we had a, a planning meeting about it actually last week but everyone was off nice. being sick, so well, I hope, yeah. I hope it does come back. I'm sure the yeah. kids will love that. And uh, you're going to be really doing some spacing control, right? How, <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey. <laughs> Get, a little too close uh, to that electric slide right there, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're all kind of a little unsure uh, how it's going to go, but we're we're hopeful. We're hopeful because it, it's a great experience for those kids. Now, did now when, when you were doing those dances, were you also – um, meeting with one of the outreach people or you didn't know about that part at that time? No, I, I knew of them, but I was just doing pretty casual work. I kind of knew of the outreach workers and whatnot, but it was very much just like entertaining kids, um, walking around, making sure everything's okay. Mm. And then I did get the outreach role. And then sometimes in the dancers doing outreach stuff, like if there's more maybe intense situations like a kid's being bullied or something like that, or just again, need someone to chat and maybe it's going to take more time than like a regular casual staff can deal with, then maybe they'll come to us. We have an office set up where they can come chat with us if they need. But the the role is kind of different in that like one-to-one support now, which is my primary goal. And then I kind of like support the youth center drop-ins. We all work together, but the drop-ins are more um, casual situations and we just kind of support So I, I think my question was, so I want to ask you another question, I guess. Mm-hmm. When you, so wait, the high school dance or the preteen dances, you weren't, you were in school or you were working? I was working. 
I, I was working. like, uh, part, oh. yeah, part-time in school. And then I was doing part-time work. And then once I finished school, I started doing outreach full-time. Got it. Yeah. So you weren't, you weren't going to those dances when you were in school yourself. Oh, oh, when I was a grade six and seven. Yeah, I did go to them actually. You did go also. <laughs> it okay. was so long ago. So the organization yeah, was around back then. Yeah, yeah. But you didn't connect with an outreach person. You didn't have like a mentor. No, I don't think so at the time, no. Have you ever had a mentor? I no, no. I did like I like try and do therapy pretty consistently or or just counseling, but not not at the time, no. I think I don't think I ever really maybe did need it, but at the time it just wasn't kind of on my radar when I was that mm. young. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean that. I mean, I think that just connected to the work you're doing. Like you're, you're really passionate about it. And like, do you know what got you excited about? So after just moving up the ranks, but mm-hmm. you know, there are other. You know, imagine there's other ranks you could have moved to. Like, what do you know? What it is about this work that brings you to it? Like, what what is it about? Maybe your own story of your own mask that you yeah. feel connected to, like helping young people navigate theirs. Yeah, I think it was a lot of just like giving youth a voice and being able to be heard um and I, like yes especially as a guy like yeah you only heard a few voices at an angle rage or like toxic masculinity and, and whatnot so being able to just see youth especially male youth and be like you can chat like if you need you're, you're totally you're totally welcome to and i know growing up I, I grew up in south africa until i was um 11, 12. And that's okay. like South Africa has such like a, like an awful history with like racism, just violence, crime. It's just, it's a, it's a tough place to be. And yeah. you definitely learn to put a mask on. Like there's very much, you don't, you don't show those emotions besides being like really strong or really like domineering of the time. Cause it would probably like get you beaten up or something like that. So moving yeah. here and like Canada has got its own share of issues too, but I think just for like young men or just youth in general, like being, you can speak, like you can talk about this mm. and like, it, like maybe other places not safe, but with me or with any of my coworkers, you are allowed to speak your mind and you can say stuff and we're not going to judge you for it. Yeah. I think was the best part because yeah, I, I like just not being able to be heard. I think all kids are told like you, yeah, your opinion doesn't matter because you're so young. Like mm-hmm. I've, I've lived so many years. I know I have life experience and kids are like, oh, you've only had 14 years on this earth. What could you know? And then it's like, okay, I don't know anything. I'm not going to express what I do know. I'm going to be told like, oh, those feelings do not matter. They don't count. Yeah. So it, it, just giving youth a voice was the big one. And then also it's just a lot of fun. Like sure, there's tough parts, but just seeing youth just like going at it, just having a good time. Is, it's amazing. I love that stuff. Man, that's exciting, man. Mm-hmm. Do you feel so how how many students do you work with every you know? So do you like switch up every quarter, every month, every like? Do you with a student for years? How, how does I, that work? It's it's I see like twelve youth pretty consistently right now, mm-hmm. and kind of ranges from what the, so a lot of the time anxiety is a huge one that comes up, mm-hmm. and like it could range from anxiety to just wanting a job or volunteer experience. Again, just needs to vent. Um, I've been seeing some youth pretty consistently since like the last fall and we try and have a goal we work towards and mm. like you know, try and get them to a spot. And that can be difficult too. And you're just like, what is, how do you put like a deadline on mental health? Like you have to get better by this point. It doesn't, That's like that right. doesn't make sense. But like 10 clients I see frequently and some maybe I see every two weeks or so. A lot of them I see each week where we just meet up and 
just chat, chat. Hopefully with a, like a goal in mind, but a lot of the yeah. time it can just be venting and seeing where they're at because it can change so often too. And so, how many people are doing the role that you do? How many? Because you, how many? How many? How big is the company? Is it a pretty big organization? Um, it's just my supervisor or my my manager of youth services. I don't know how much info I can give about the organization itself for like kids confidential. Oh, I see, stuff, I see. But like, that makes sense. There's the manager. No, that's fine. That's, that's fine. Don't you don't you don't have to answer that. That's fine. I, mean, mm. I, I, I was more trying to. I was more trying to just get an idea of like you know if here's what i know in mentoring like um you know we mentor in groups right so i imagine the opportunity mm-hmm. to be able to work with one student one-on-one is actually really beautiful and so like you know i mean you're in a different part of the world right you're in canada so maybe that, like, a lot mm-hmm. of things are are different there but you know imagine it would be great for every kid to have a mentor right and whether they're family founded for them whether the school nominated them whether they self-selected i was just curious about that so yeah, oh, anything yeah. that you know, we can do to help people out in the world because, you know, the people who are listening to this are, I mean, people who are either working with young men who are young men, who are men who are raising sons or raising kids. Like, I think just understanding context. So I guess my, I guess a bigger mm-hmm. question outside of the specific organizational is, is that a common type of, or are there lots of organizations doing this kind of work? One-on-one yeah, yeah. mentoring in Canada? Yeah, 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 there are, there's different youth, like, I'm in the district of kind of, like, we're in different districts of Vancouver, so we have our organization, then, Mm -hmm. like, like, just um, in another area, there'll be, like, another separate, there's different organizations for each area, and we all, we try and work together as much as possible, like, sending out referrals, and the teams, like, ours are pretty, mine's pretty small, like, it's myself and three other people, and then other organizations are very similar, like, um, it's just each, um organization will serve like a different district of vancouver and i'd say teams of like four four five people like they're pretty small and then there are some yeah. uh casual staff that will work drop-ins and whatnot and i'd say maybe six of those but like our, our core is just four people or so it's pretty small beautiful yeah well man that's really exciting i mean I, I, first of all i think i i i saw your work i think for the first time on i think on instagram if i remember mm-hmm. right I think yeah, yeah. my first in your work and i was just like right on right what a what a, a kind word you left out to whoever you were saying it was just in general right but it was mm-hmm. like the idea of like what work we get to do to help young people find their voice and find yeah. themselves in, the, in, a, in a seat in a season of our lives where it just seems like it's 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 all all over the place, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the biology is happening, puberty is happening, growing yeah. up, friends, groups, COVID, like pandemics, oh, relationships, yeah. social media, like all the influences that causing people to find themselves sometimes just feeling out of sorts. And oh yeah, there's to, so much stuff to deal with. Like kids these yeah. days have so much on their minds, and like it, it's the school pressure, so extracurricular stuff for peer pressure there's there's so much stuff that they have to deal with on a daily basis that i think gets like i think it's known about but like how intense it can be for them gets overlooked a lot i find yeah well is there anything else you would like to um to share with young people out there i mean the young people from all over the world at some point are going to hear about this right so whether Mm. what message would you have for young people maybe even just those right there in your in your neighborhood in your in your district but what message do you have for young people that you want to leave them with as we as we wrap it up? 
yeah, I think just like the big ones are just, you know, like as hard as it can be, just be open with, with your emotions. And it can be really difficult, especially if you're worried about people judging you. But I know, I think I initially, like when I saw the taking off the mask, um, my organization had a copy of it and just like the idea, like toxic masculinity and how like guys are told to kind of crush these emotions down. I saw that and I was like, it's so limiting, especially for guys like you relegated to just doing this and just nothing, you know, not to do anything feminine because it's seen as like weak and like that in itself is like mm-hmm. so crazy sexist. And I'm just, it, it sucks. Like I don't, for young men, I just, it's like, you can talk about this stuff. Yeah. There is no shame. Like they're like, like saying you need help with something has, has so much strength to it too. There's nothing weak about yeah. that at all. And like, it's like we're saying like to ask you for help is weak or feminine. It's like, if it's feminine, then like women know what's up. Like if they mm-hmm. know they can ask for help, like there's nothing weak about it. They're like incredibly intelligent. So getting guys to That's right. see that too is so big. And I think too, like for myself working as, I primarily see guys. That's kind of my thing, but mm. I don't want, I want guys to be approachable, you know, as like a, a support figure. I don't want to be seen as like a toxic man. You know, I don't, I want to be a safe space for any youth to come by if they want. Yeah. And I, yeah, like I don't, it, it crushes me when I see like, Oh, you see like group of groups of guys all hanging out together and they start saying like this, just homophobic, hurtful stuff. Like whether it's the typical, like, be a man kind of speak or like don't be a pussy it's like mm. are you thinking about what you're saying yeah. right now like how how that yeah. feels like when you say something like don't be a pussy like that's such gendered language it's like is there something wrong with like gender <laughs> is there something wrong with that mm. there is it are you saying women yeah. aren't capable of throwing a ball as hard as you are are you a masculine someone because they can't do that they're not a man because they can't throw a ball <laughs> you know it just never made too much mm, sense and just yeah. like telling guys like getting them to like be open about it and, and call it out too and it's it's hard to do because it's it's very easy to uh get defensive too when someone's like yo don't don't say that that's not that's not icing nice. like what do you mean like i men can get super defensive about stuff because they've been told to like yeah <laughs> you have to react to everything in like a, a confrontational way yeah i just want to see like a a change uh, and like all these like with men i want to i want to be able to oh go ahead no no no, keep going you go oh just like as a guy i want to be able to express my emotions you know i want to be able to do that and i would hate for other youth or young men to feel like they can't do that and it's such a it's such a narrow way of being you know you miss out on such a huge experience if you you don't get to talk about what you're doing. And then it leads to so many other stuff, whether it's violence towards other people, towards women, towards anyone, really. It's just, just being open, you know, <laughs> being open about your emotions yeah. is huge. It is. It absolutely is. Yeah. And, I, and maybe one question I'll just come back to you is in terms of this work, I guess one question, and thank you for that message to the young people. I think, mm-hmm. and I know that what I'm asking you to do is kind of like, like think out there and i guess because we were talking about this our own taking off the mask space like where do you go or have you found a place for yourself to go Mm. to take off your mask do you have like a men's group or a group of people or a group of friends where like you can like talk about what 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 you're going through what you're feeling do you do you have yourself a personal space for that 
Yeah, I found in like I have pretty supportive parents. I'd say I know my dad's very much like the man's man thing, where he was told like you don't talk about your emotions growing up. You just don't do that. And he's still a bit of that, but he is a kind dude. I, I've been finding my mom. I can talk to a lot, and even in my own mm. uh, friend, I've had like the same friend group for years. We've all been super close, and in those groups, just saying like just being open about it with them, being like, "Hey, man, I love you." And when like a guy hears from another guy, "I love you," they get that knee jerk reaction, like, "You gay?" And it's like, uh, "No, like I just like I've known you for fourteen years. Like, why wouldn't I love you?" You know, yeah. like just being open about them, you're like, "Dude, if you need to talk, like." you can or they're just like no i'm fine like that i'm fine all the time like no if you're not fine i'm not gonna judge you for talking about it and i've really been trying to open up like people i know in friend groups giving my dad a hug like he hates it and i know some people aren't like hugging people but i'm just like i love you dad and he's like yeah i love you too i love you too he's like don't give me a hug but it's it's been Mm. nice to see in my friend group of trying to get guys to call it out on each other too and like do you have to speak like that? Do you have to act like that? Like less criticizing them and being like, why, why do you feel like you need to act like this all the time? Do you have to be so like overly masculine right now? Do you have to just constantly be talking about sex all the time? Like you can do these things in a healthy way <laughs> that doesn't yeah. involve like this brutal language or just like this machismo that happens all the time. Cause oh, so it can get like, yeah. When you say like, Oh, I love you, man. It's like, huh. It's like, that's not a joke. <laughs> it's not a joke. Yeah. I just want to be able yeah. to say that. That's right. That's right. Yes. Oh, so, man, I'm glad you actually said that. Thank you for sharing that. I think, and and is your dad finding more comfort? Or are you and him able to find more comfort in that? Or is it still pretty, is he still pretty resistant? I, I think it's it's getting a little better. Like, part of me, I need to respect his boundaries, too. He's never been a hugger <laughs> in general. But a lot of the time mm. when I hug him, it's like, is it uncomfortable because of my guy hugging you? Was because you don't like hugs. Like you would take a hug from my mom, and I get that's a different mm. situation. But yeah. he, he, it's gotten better. But I know the way he's grown up too. It's just different, you know. I'm trying to be mindful of that. He's he's a he's a lovely guy in his own. Like just that's how he is, you know. And yeah. I don't I don't want to change him. But if I get him to at least question it too, you know, I think that's that's helpful. And not being an asshole about it either. Like you're not going to get anywhere by antagonizing someone for the way they are. Because I think. There was someone on, I forget who it was on your podcast a while back, but they were saying like, men didn't ask for this. Like no man wants, no man wants to be like this or not be able to open, be open about how they're feeling. Like, why yeah. would they want that? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's a tricky uh, one to, to navigate too. But I think the more men talk about it more, like you can, you can be, you can still be a man and talk about your emotions. You can still be a man and like, do feminine things you know like it doesn't make you any less of one yeah yeah i think that yes beautiful and i'm really glad that you're providing that space for your for your dad to do that i mean i didn't grow up with a father so i don't know what that's Mm -hmm. like to have that but i think you know um i know my like my grandfather who i who was kind of a man in my life Mm -hmm. um you know he was he was a preacher. He wasn't really. I don't. I wouldn't. Yeah, he was a. I wouldn't know if he wasn't a hugger or not. But I think when I think about him, like it's kind of like the the space of like, oh, you know, if I ever wanted to reach up to him and just went to go give him a hug, he would. You know, he would, he would <laughs> squeeze you right. Um, mm-hmm. But it wasn't. 
but that was why he was my grandfather. So it was like I only saw him, you know, at church on the weekends or yeah, I spent the yeah. night at his house or something. So, yeah, thank you for sharing that. I think that, you know, maybe there's other men out there who are figuring it out. And I'm glad you're making space for to meet him where he is. But also, you know, I think there's there's these um, experiences where people say, what do people say when this comes down to the end of their life? And they know that, you know, they wish they they didn't wish they worked more. They didn't wish they had, you know. <laughs> went on more trip they were like i wish i had spent more time that's what most people you know they the statistics say that i wish i had spent more time with the people i love right that yeah. i cared about and i told them more right yeah and so you know thank you man i want to thank you for being in this conversation and for for sharing that and, uh, and I thank you for the message and for um for being a part of this work and for helping young people right i mean we're passionate here about young people and so you know, if, if our work can ever cross paths, if our million mask movement can ever serve mm-hmm. the work, we believe that that's an easy touch point for young people, you know? So, yeah, uh, man, I just thank you for being a part of this podcast and yeah, looking forward yeah. to staying connected. Maybe when we t- come back up to the Young Men's Adventure Weekend up in Canada, we'll, I'll, I'll, pa- I'll, I'll be coming through Vancouver to pass that way. Yeah, sick. Yeah, thanks for having me. I, I love all the work you do. First time I saw that mice you live in, I think I just like bawled. <laughs> and mm. I was like, no, stop crying. And I was like, wait, why am I saying that to myself? Crying oh, this, this is like crushing. It's sad, but it was such yeah. a watch. <laughs> you know, it's still got that stubborn, like, no, I can't do that. That's that's too weak. But it's just like, uh, no, let, let it flow. Let it. I'm glad you did. I yeah. was watching it. When I first watched it, I was at the film festival. And next to me was Caroline Heldman, who was in the documentary. Mm. And I kept trying to make sure I was wiping my eyes so she couldn't notice that I was crying. <laughs> I was, uh, you know, like she was on this side of my, I'm like, <laughs> I kept, I kept like having a yawn. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to cover up those emotions. <laughs> I, it was a funny, I was masking in the taking out yeah. the mask, you know, yep. but, um, but it was beautiful. And so uh, thank you. Thanks for watching yeah. it. Thanks for the work you do for young people. And, and I hope our, you know, I hope our work continues to, be in service of each other, you know, the work mm-hmm. you're doing there in Canada, the work that we're doing here, here in the United States, uh, in California. So thank you so mm-hmm. much, man. Yeah, thank you. Nick. Thank you. It was a pleasure. And I'll, and I'll show you when you talked about that fine, when you talk about your buddy, maybe uh, we have this new design that says I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. And uh, maybe you can just share that with them and say, okay. Yeah, well, which, that looks sick. <laughs> which, which, part of, which part of fine <laughs> are you? Which part of fine are you today? Right? Yeah. Yeah, because I think sometimes fine is the easy answer too. You know? Oh, it is. Sometimes you just can't. Sometimes you can't get into it too at the time. It's just the time isn't there. But if the you time. can find the time to do it and be able to dissect all of that, I think it's great. I think it just benefits everyone, like men, women, non-binary youth. Like everyone gets this benefit for everyone. There, so. That's right, and it makes it. I think a safer world when we're dealing with the stuff we need to really deal with and not pretending. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, folks. Well, first of all. Thank you for being here with us today, Nick. It's been a great conversation with you. I appreciate you for being here, taking off your mask. Hey, folks, you out there, if you want to make a mask, you can do that at millionmask.org. Um, Nick and I made our masks here publicly, but you can make yours um, anonymously at millionmask.org. Share it with somebody. If you know a young person who may not be finding their words, you know they can try this activity. One picture, six words of self-reflection, and we want everyone around the world to realize they are not alone. So thank you for being a part. Nick, thanks for being here. Nick, 
do you um do you want people to follow you the work that you're sharing out in the world or is there a place you want people to find your work or the work that you're doing is that a something you want people to do uh, i might i don't think i can share the, the personal okay. instagram with them okay with the youth, but yeah oh. it sucks but i have a personal no one too but but i can send that too okay okay we'll put it in the show notes whatever you want there if it, if it will serve you in that way so folks thank you for being a part of today's show we'll see you real soon see you in the next yeah. episode take care thanks so much Taking Off The Mess podcast is produced by Ryan Louie. Editing videography is also by Ryan Louie. Graphics by Kelly Wong. And a special thanks to the team at Ever Forward, Vanessa Cortez and Kevin Romero. And I'd like to thank everyone who's been a part of the creation of this podcast. As we hit this one-year anniversary, we hope that everyone who's been a part knows that they're a part of the Taking Off The Mask experience. And we look forward to you being a part of it as well. If you liked what you heard today, please like, subscribe, and share. And we look forward to us continuing to offer conversations that matter. Take care. See you soon.